My name is Carly and I am an entrepreneur. These are the real, raw, and honest stories of myself, my colleagues, and my dearest friends, how we followed our dreams and continue to scale the mountain of success every day. Learn what it takes to make the next step and join us on the climb. Get ready to pull up your boss straps because this is Bossy Clubs. Welcome to the bossy class. Yeah. Cassandra, you are you and I have been friends for a long time. I feel like since conception of my business. When did we meet? I have to really think about that because it's been a while. There's a lot of history. I know. I feel like at least seven years. Yeah, if definitely. not longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you own an incredible rental house in Thank Los you. Angeles and on the East Coast, which it's like all the states because they're all like kind of blended together. Yeah, just like national dominance. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, we So it started, I would say, yeah, I, 10 maybe years ago. I, I think once you start getting into the double digits, you start losing track a little bit. Um, and I, I don't even know if you'd officially call it 10 years, but I know as a creative, things start evolving a lot earlier. Yeah. Um, and then you finally put it on paper and that's I guess when you can officially call your birth date you know mm-hmm. your birthday but um I couldn't I couldn't recall when that is but we had um I grew up back east so it's natural that I wanted things to be bi-coastal and I grew up um with a creative mother and I moved out here and found um myself in a relationship getting married and at this time I hadn't had there were no other rental companies that were doing mm-hmm. what I was doing I'd grown up sourcing thrifting goodwilling doing all of that kind of stuff and collecting unique pieces and I had grown up with the concept of the wedding industry or weddings as a whole as being very banquet hall very sterile um, generic standard rentals you know standard shiavari chairs I'm sure uh, you know that's a similar story as you'd hear a lot of people talk about you know as in in terms of our circle of of frienders that we we all know that kind of a lot of people evolved from that same origin of just not wanting something um, standard and traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that backing of, of growing up in a traditional environment, mixing that so that you could kind of evolve something that had a little twist and a little something different that was unexpected. I definitely didn't have a notion of weddings as being this magical thing that I was looking forward to um, until I you know got engaged and had to plan my own wedding and. And I began sourcing all of the own, my own product for that. And, um, you know, it got a lot of speculation from the venue. Oh, my gosh, this is so unique. Are you going to submit it to Style Me Pretty? Mm-hmm. And I to, feel so embarrassed to say this, but at the time, I, I had never even heard of Style Me Pretty. Mm-hmm. And um, I and I, even at uh, probably a month or two after, it didn't really dawn on me what that was. But it was around that time where blogs were really becoming – the up and coming um, thing to provide people for inspiration with their weddings and and whatnot and um, call it luck, call it perfect timing. Um, I think it just evolved into where it's evolved. And I sort of of kept streams, my creative streams going um, across multiple channels. It wasn't like I was all in for rentals. It wasn't like I was all in for, um, I, I know you had mentioned earlier that I had had a textile background. I had mm-hmm. gone to school for fashion design and merchandising post-graduate studies. And um, 
and I knew that I wanted to be creative, but I didn't really know where my place was. And I just kept pursuing um, multiple paths until I found one that just took off. Mm-hmm. Um, I did some day of coordinating back in the day, and I did some floral design and um, had my own floral clients as well. And while I still love that and I can appreciate that component, rentals was just one of those things that just grabbed me and took a hold. And um, it provided a stronger income stream, and it seemed a little bit more effortless. It like you know, there was no competition at that time, I would say, um, to have to even worry about it was so unique and different. Yeah. Wow. And so now you have a bunch of employees Mm -hmm. and you're back and forth. I feel like getting you in in the same room. I was telling Chloe, I was like getting Cassandra in the same room and you and I and our schedule syncing up. I know. So, um, you're just so busy, but you have this like amazing way of like projecting, where you're going and I think a lot of creatives just go well what I'm just gonna do it and I don't really have a reason or yeah but you have um continually showed me how to sort of project um a path that is really um like helpful in the grow space because Mm -hmm. I think we have we talked a little bit about this before um we went on air but you've just been able to scale this business and a Mm -hmm. lot of times in the creative space particularly in the wedding space there is this sort of sense of like I don't know how to scale this this feels like a one-man gig and you've just done it seemingly I know that there is I'm sure different ways of of um you know issues and things that come up but like seemingly effortlessly yeah well one of the scaling processes because it kind of goes back to the first thing we started talking about of being bi-coastal you know I I started here and I kept it back east as well and I wasn't physically back there to to get the momentum built I had family back there Um, I had made several trips a year back there to keep in touch with family and friends Um, and I had a small inventory there you know operating out of a garage kind of like here um, and just dabbling and a lot of it was really just putting the feelers out there to people and just you know maybe peppering in and not being being unapologetic and not afraid to like share your idea or share your business model with someone before it was even perfected or fully realized um so if i if i in retrospect if i could have gone back and had it fully planned out and had the the mindset of having every part of my business um right down to the table that i have in my showroom and like how that looks and what that um represents as a how that looks and what it represents Um, for other people to view my brand, um, that would be, that would be the best case scenario. But I did not have my business fully realized. I just knew that I wanted it to be by coastal and I wanted it to be, you know, a natural national success of, um, getting that notoriety and really influencing, you know, I had the goal of being influential in the product market, um, being influential in the wedding industry in general, um, creating something new out of something, you know, that wasn't there maybe in that way before Mm -hmm. and um you know you mentioned scaling it's like part of that I would say is just having letting my mind be free enough to entertain the thoughts and ideas Mm, and the dreams of what it could be and you know like a tree growing it can kind of grow towards the light in this way or grow towards the light Mm -hmm. in that direction and kind of have to like let let it your mind go there with that for a little bit. So I, um, whether it's because I'm a Pisces and I'm a dreamer, I guess you would say, (laughs) um, that, that, 
a lot of people could view that as like, oh, well, she doesn't know what she wants to do. She's all over the place. She's got so many ideas. She can't pick just one. And that was me. I had spent on and done a lot of self, what what do we call it? Like Mm -hmm. self-improvement, self-reflection on that because I thought, oh my gosh, is that a bad thing that I have so many ideas and I have to pick just one? Um, So part of my ability to scale has just been being open to the possibility of having this take many forms and having it pivot or shift into a different direction and just being able to go with it if if it pulled me that way Mm -hmm. and like I said you know starting things in a textile route versus a rental route versus a floral route the rentals was something that just was more of a flow it was easier it kept Mm -hmm. pulling me and I kept going down that stream so you know that's part of the scalability is is you know which seems to be the avenue that seems to fit best and just going with that road. Yeah. And picking, um, going in the next step of like scaling and hiring people. Did you, I'm curious, and you don't have to share too many details <laughs> to like divulge, but that thing of like, do I bring in the money first and then hire? Do I oh, hire yeah. and then fingers cross? Yeah. Like, well, that's that the... planning process that I kind of mentioned. It's like, I didn't go into this with a full plan. I, I had a business plan. It was a sketch, you know, the scaling of it. I knew where I wanted to be. Um, but there have been a lot of the decisions, a lot of the decisions that I've had to make as a business owner have been just like feet first, you know, just jump right in and deal with the repercussions of whether it was a good choice or a bad choice later. And that has been one of the choices that I just made and I haven't fully thought about, well, do I have the projected revenue to support this staff? Maybe I don't know that answer. Maybe that's a yes. Maybe that's a no. But I do know that my personal capacity for handling my workload was exceeded and I was not going to grow if I didn't have support. So it's been a huge thing to just kind of have a little bit of faith and take on that new hire, um, grow that department, um, building, you know, a multifaceted business where I have someone who helps me with my social media, someone who helps me with washing the the dishes. You know, I'm not a one woman show anymore and I would not be able to do it without people and without asking for help. And and it's not so much asking for help at this point, but it's having the guts to just hire people and see, um, allowing a certain time frame for people to work and see if they can be productive for you. And if they can provide growth, then they've proven themselves to be a valuable asset to my team. And then I can't six months down the road, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't, I couldn't have seen my business without having that position. Yeah. And I'm in that space right now in this really interesting growth space of looking at it every day and going, okay, if I like do my work exactly on schedule, Mm -hmm. I could do it. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to looking at it and going, what is really healthy for me? Yeah. And also this person can help me with these things that I could technically do. You could figure it out. Yeah. But they could also bring an asset to the team that, you know, involves sales and growth and all and like revenue and all of these things. So I'm in that space now, which is why I kind of asked. You have to kind of figure out a point where you know that if someone else can do it better, take 
the risk and, and get them and then focus on what you know how to do. And for me, I figured out and I've pinpointed that as a business owner, I'm best with looking at the bigger picture me too. and holding that bigger picture thinking that five-year plan space in my head. I'm I'm the dreamer and that, that, that won't stop as just because my business has evolved. You know, just kind of like that quality was there when I started my business. It's equally present as if not stronger now. It's been sort of my beacon you know, mm-hmm. of, of guidance. And I think that I've had to learn to put the ego aside and hire people that might know more than me. And I think that that's been the biggest leverage in scaling a business mm-hmm. is, is putting your ego aside, knowing that maybe it, somebody might know more than you and letting them, you know, take hold and see what they can do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was talking with one of my staff members last week and she was like, this is what I think we should be doing. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, I am take that into consideration and everything. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I never thought, like, that that would be something that I would yeah. need. And then I sat with it a few days. I'm like, oh, my gosh, she was right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it is that thing of hiring the people that are going to be mm-hmm. better than you. And, you know, I had to start with hiring what I was able to afford as a, you know, versus maybe hiring that person who could up level my business and I'm in a really interesting space right now where that that's kind of this year that's what this year is all about it's about making sure that I've got the right people in place not just a body to fill the position that maybe you know qualified to hold the space and is not going to mess anything up but isn't going to make any progress or is only making slight progress or you know helping the company grow slightly you know this year it's like okay well you know, we've hit a certain goal mark that I had in revenue. And that was my marker when I set out to do this as my marker of success in terms of, okay, this is not going away for me. This is, you know, substantial. It's something worth holding on to and continuing to grow and scale. And if it, if it just energizes me that much more. So the energy that I have going into 2020 is really, really about just making sure that I have better people. And then it's okay to have really high expectations and expect people to follow suit because at the end of the day, as a business owner, you know, I'm the one taking all of the, the risk. And as a business owner, you're the one assuming all the risk. If the cards were all to fall tomorrow, you know, you're still going to up and deliver that flower order if you mm-hmm. had to. Or, you know, I mean, any number of examples I could think of, you know, I'm, I still might have to wash a dish, you know. Yeah. You know, like it's not like um, it's not saying that I'm exempt from all of that, you know, but that is that is the one card that I hold. And as most business owners hold, they're assuming the risk. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You do a really good job of projecting design before it's trendy. Mm-hmm. And I think you hit on it well when you said how you started Borrowed Blue. It was that thing of like that no one else had it. Mm-hmm. And that's where that you filled a void in an industry that needed it. Yeah. Um, do you do you have like are you naturally just good at knowing what people are going to rent? I mean, I'd you're- like to think oh, there's a little bit of it that's instinctual like. One of the things I really try to do is just stay un, not exposed to social media. As I mean, I know it's kind of counterintuitive mm-hmm. to I'm what we do, way. but I really have to keep a protective veil around my, the, it, what influences me because um, it could really easily pull me into that. Oh, that other company is producing this, or they're on this trend track, or you know, I have had to really just stay still long enough to be able to see everything that's going on around me naturally, rather than seeking out um, the inspiration. So, in terms of knowing and being able to project what's coming ahead, 
I, I would just say that I just really try to stay true to what I'm feeling and like not get influenced just because maybe millennial pink was the thing last year, you know, like I just have to do what makes me feel good ultimately. And I feel like I'm a firm believer that if I'm putting my positive energy and vibes into my product development and I'm, I'm putting the love into that and starting a new project with that intention that Mm -hmm. even if it misses the mark trend wise, it's still going to have an impact on somebody because of the energy that it resonates to the industry or the energy that it resonates to the end consumer who's holding that product or who picks up that product in a store or, you know, sees that product on Pinterest or Instagram or how it's styled. As long as I'm being authentic to myself and what I, what I feel like it is aesthetically pleasing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did grow up with an artistic mother so that probably, you know, if you asked if it's like natural, it's definitely, it's intrinsic that I'm creative and it's intrinsic that, um, I, I definitely grew up with, um, a certain level of education that supported my ability to make good design choices or, um, composition and Mm -hmm. photography and like aesthetic, it all comes, you know, just having grown up around it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And it supports it. But I feel like that anybody can also be creative too. It just takes work and focus and you can apply yourself and anybody can be creative. Hey guys, it's your girl Carly. I'm here to tell you about the coolest flower delivery service that exists. It's my sister company, Primary Petals. You may have heard of Primary Petals before, but did you know that we are going nationwide? It's an amazing service that sends really cool and unique flowers to anyone's doorstep in the lower 48. Guys, we have sent to every state and every bouquet has arrived so beautiful and so fresh, which if you know, is no small feat for shipping flowers. For my listeners, I'm giving 10% off using code BOSSYCLASS at checkout. If you want to learn more, please visit primarypetals.com. I feel like knowing the audience, yeah, it's been a factor, but I also know that some of my product as a creative, I'm, I don't necessarily say that I have one specific style. And I think that's been really challenging in terms of defining a brand and getting to a point where people can identify what to expect from you as a brand. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, one minute I could be really into something really modern and sleek and edgy that might cater towards our, one of our East Coast clients a little bit more. But back here, it's a lot of that California boho and it's a little mm, bit more free true. and like like different color tones and color palettes in, in each location. So I don't think that there's been any one way that I've navigated it with thinking um, towards a particular audience. I just know that I have an, like something to offer everybody. And if anybody, if they're open, they'll mix it up and play with it how they want to play with it. Yeah. Did you ever struggle or do you struggle with the what ifs, the self-doubt? I know a lot of times women and men, if they have this sort of dream or vision that they want to sort of put out in the world, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I feel like there's that thing of like, you're your biggest critic, biggest sure. enemy in that. Did you ever struggle with that? Or was that sort of something that wasn't as hard? I struggled with, you know, whether the stress and the component of like pressure for owning a business was too much for me to handle. And that I think would be the self-doubt. It was never the doubt of whether I was capable of it. It was of, of handling it. It's when it creeps up for me, it's always the doubt of, well, I want so much more for this. And do I have the skill set to scale it to that? Am I ready for that? You know, you can only kind of take on as much as you're actually ready for. And unless you continue to grow yourself, you know, you're not. Or, you know, 
there's these big conglomerate rental companies out there that, you know, would it be better to like scale it enough and sell it? You know, yeah, I've thought about it, but at the same time, I, I don't think that I'd be willing to lose my personal imprint on it. Mm -hmm. And I also think that I also went into this, like there was no backup plan. There was maybe a, a faint idea of that at the beginning when I was kind of shooting out different ideas in different directions. But as soon as this rooted itself into me being in business for more than five years, not even five years, like there really was no backup plan as a creative. And I never, I've never gone into running a business thinking that I had a plan B. Mm -hmm. And I think if people have plan Bs, yeah, they might, most people would, uh, advisors might say that that's the smart way, like the smart way to enter a business, make sure you have a backup plan, make sure you have a plan B. Um, what if this fails? That was never a fragment in my consciousness like I I, there it couldn't be I I think if there was then I would have an out I would have an easy way out yeah and an excuse and there is no excuses for me I was listening to a podcast this last week on a entrepreneur who has built and sold built and sold built and sold multiple businesses like big time to Walmart to sold to Amazon and he his biggest key advice was you have to treat your startup as a life or death situation yeah. for you. And you just said that. Yeah. It's this thing of there's no backup plan. There's mm-hmm. no, you know, course correcting. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just like, not. okay, like this is my livelihood and I will go hell or high water to make this the reality. Startup sell. I've seen, I've, I've seen other, I've seen other rental companies do that. Other, you know, hmm. women in business. I, I've, heard through the grapevine that there's other kind of business models that are like that and I don't know that I'm ready to to do that with mine you know to start and sell the the other component of it is thinking you know the fear of I guess and I try to not let that take over because that doesn't do anybody any good but um the the amount of work that it's taken me to get it this far like nobody knows the blood sweat and tears so that I've had to do you know there have been stressful sleepless nights where yeah I thought I was gonna just throw in the towel and pack it all up but the saving grace for that was that there was no plan b that this is the livelihood for my family and this is the way I can help take the you know help up level our family from from where we're at now like it falls on me my husband's successful in his own business and salary and career and what what he does um but I'm I'm that component and I need to bring it to the table and luckily I've been able to get it to a point where I can do that um and be a match for our family so having to pack up and like put it aside is not an option and the other thing is is even if I wanted to sell it and start something new I don't know I'd have I I I need to get out of the kids zone because I've got two kids like under six (laughs) right now so I can't really think about that but Mm -hmm. that would present itself you know to knowing that there's a whole lot more work that would need to be done and it's I'd have to be ready for that next layer of blood sweat and tears to start up something else either that or know that I've learned all those lessons the first you know six seven years of my business here that I wouldn't make those same mistakes in the next business so maybe I'll have you know more leverage to, to start something else up um but I think it's smarter to try to find scaling and different revenue streams that can go laterally or branch off of what I've already created rather than trying to start something new altogether. Yeah. How do you maintain a healthy work life? I hate that work life balance, but Oh, I know. It's it's so hard. Every time I see you, you are busy B and I feel the same way. But as a business owner, you're kinda like Oh, pulled in a million different directions. All day. All day. day. Um 
you know, it's not something that I've been perfect at over the years. Um, a lot of it's been sink or swim, you know, just mm-hmm. keeping your head above water. Like I said, I think it's been really challenging the first couple of years of being a parent and having that be in its prime at the same time that my business was needing a lot of the attention. So not, I didn't have just one baby, two babies. I had three babies that needed like a full time. Um, and I don't, I don't know, you know, this year I've been doing like listening to podcasts, doing a lot of reading. And I think it's been circulating Mm -hmm. that I don't know that there really is a balance that you can ever have and that it's okay that there's not a balance. Just me being Mm -hmm. grounded and centered is really the important thing. So Mm -hmm. I don't know that anyone is ever in balance. I know that what I focused on, especially 2020, is really just making sure that I'm grounded Mm -hmm. and then letting everything else sort of like work around me in in the way that it needs to be um so that's what mm-hmm. I've been doing just I guess if if I had to give a couple of tips on how I manage that this year I've done a little bit more scheduling I've been doing a little bit more calendar usage with my time um I have regular call dates with certain figureheads on my team to keep things you know like my regular I might not talk to a team member for a full week but I know that every Tuesday at nine thirty in the morning I talk to them Um, And I've had to do that in my personal life, too. I have a a weekly call in time with my grandmother because (laughs) there I up until the past couple um, months, there could have been like three months. I might not not have even talked to my own grandmother. I would have just like gotten information about family through my mother or through another family member. Um, But I've definitely made it a concerted effort this year to try to put more balance in place um, with my personal and, and business relationships and mm-hmm. family has got to be number one. And that goes with my husband too. I mean, you know, it's so easy for us to get caught up in work, work, work and working on the dream. What are we, but what are we working for if we don't stop and take time for each other? Why are we doing this if we're not doing it together? So yeah, I think it's just about where your priorities are at. Yeah. I resonate with that. My schedule is very much that way. Check-ins, meals grocery shopping this day you know it's very uh systematic in the way for me because otherwise if one thing falls oh you're trying to catch it and yeah the goal for me is to operate in a sense of um peace and like Uh non-anxious presence type style and so oh last Friday like I know that for example grocery shopping so I've taken advantage of Amazon Prime it's less time that I have to be (laughs) in the grocery store potentially with my kids and if I'm not with my kids and I'm by myself I certainly don't want to be grocery shopping during that time so I've definitely taken advantage with trying to schedule the groceries out a little bit um but like last Friday I forgot and I missed the time slot and it totally threw me off into panic mode and I don't like that feeling so but you do have to be forgiving if you fall off a little bit and you don't make the mark or meet the ex your personal expectation of that peaceful like non-anxiety type (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're not perfect no no. even this morning I same thing I was in the same boat I was like um, I don't need groceries. I usually do mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon and I was just too tired and I woke up early this morning. I'm like, oh, I got to get milk. Yeah. And that's like starts your Monday. You're like, oh, yep. okay. That should I think just building better habits though. So you like, you can't build all of those habits and everything doesn't necessarily fall into place all at the same time. Totally agree. You have to start with something, do it for a long enough time. So it becomes second nature. And then once it becomes second nature, then you can build on that and build on that. And that's been like the scaling of a business as you build on that you you start with something you do that really well and then you start with something else it doesn't mean you don't have 50 other million ideas in the works or you don't have 
15 million other priorities in the works or goals or personal goals or business goals. It just means that start, you have to find a start somewhere, start somewhere and then gradually layer on. I couldn't have it. said that better myself. Yeah. Cause that, I mean, that's what you're speaking. Everything yeah. in my brain. But like, again, yeah. like, don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect. And I don't have the system down yet. I am a work in progress. I've just found that that's been what's been working for me. If anything has been working, that's, that's definitely been working. And I think it's about being around other strong female entrepreneurs. And then, you know, one of the goals here and why I was so glad to be able to join you is because I think the message that we have is for other women in business or other, you know, this doesn't have to be directed towards the female in business necessarily. That just happens to be who I think could like, we could resonate with the best, um, is, is just that, you know, we've got to talk about this because if people don't talk about this, then they're left to the glamorization of what they see at all, like on Instagram and Pinterest and, you know, what they see and read in your blog or how you appear when you look so composed and put together. And that's not how it is every day. No. Um, so just be forgiving with yourself that it's a work in progress. And as long as you know what your goal is in the end, you're working towards it and you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And you touched on that you didn't have a giant business plan. You just had a sketch of an idea. And I think I've talked to a lot of women who have all of these ideas, but they're mm. perfectionists mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they can't launch anything because they feel like they, it needs to be like perfect. That was I've, me with my first website. I had my business in place for a lot longer than anybody really knew. And I didn't make it public because I was a perfectionist about how I visually wanted it to look. And finally I realized, well, it might not be the way I want it to look like for, but it's gotta be a starting point. And Mm -hmm. there is a day one. Everybody has a day one. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think everything I've started has had that. Let's jump off. Let's see where we go. Pivot. Let's reevaluate, you know, even with this podcast, same thing. Yeah. Um, In the beginning, people go, what do you want out of it? And it's like, we well, could see where it is, and you it, know, at the and beginning stages and where it evolves to. And, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that people are most inspired by are people that actually just do it. Yes. And not, wow, they're so perfect. Yeah. Or no. what they think. I think it's just the one thing that, like, I would say a pet peeve of mine with other entrepreneurs entrepreneurs or other like professionals is the excuses that can be made to do it and I kind of try to filter all of that out it's like let's stop making excuses just buckle down if you want something stop talking about it just do it it's it goes through like the messages have been out there you know for years and we're not the first to we're not reinventing the wheel with that it's just you know applying it Mm -hmm. really applying it and just you know how bad do you want it yeah you know, and you're going to start somewhere and the perfectionism of, you know, waiting to do something until it's a hundred percent perfect. That's, you know, maybe you'll come out on top, but then how do you know, you know, you don't, you don't really know. Yeah. And also being willing to, to serve as a boss. Mm -hmm. Like I serve my team more than I, yeah, you would think, you know, it's like, how do you come under as a leader? Cause it's not glamorous. It is, it's service. And oh, a hundred percent. I wouldn't want anything more for my team than for the the group of women that I have working for me to, if they don't stay with me forever, I want them to learn something from me and I want to help them grow professionally so that they can go somewhere else and take care, you know, and, 
and and have a great starting point from there at least take something from it absolutely the workforce has changed I will I will say that Mm. I think that it's evolved and um, I do think as it's evolved you know it does take a certain level of someone having walked through the experience of it. And I think, I think people, more people need mentors, you know, more people need to talk about it. More people need the mentors, more people need to, um, you know, I could have certainly used a mentor back at the time, Mm -hmm. you know, and not everybody gets that opportunity. So if I can provide somebody else with that level of, um, I don't know, experience or insight, that's always beneficial. Yeah. And in this day and age with social media, everyone, there's this, there's an all time high in our culture of loneliness and thinking like, Oh, you have all this together or this or that. I am alone way more than people (laughs) or what, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's that thing of, we all need to come together and go like, hello, let, let, let's recenter. Yep. And like recognize that we're all human, that we all have struggles, all bad days that we are fighting for a dream that is really hard to obtain. Yeah. And that is why I'm here today. Yeah. <laughs> talking with people like you. Definitely. Like, that is what matters to me. And I think like. You never know what's going on with the person. Never. Driving in the lane next to you. You couldn't, you know, like. Yeah. I used this example of, um, I told my husband the other day, I said, you know, I would, could have, I was driving my car and I stopped at a, uh, an intersection and this couple was walking across mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh, this woman is walking so slow. Like, is this woman just doing this on pur- purpose? Like mm-hmm. what's, and I said, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump to that conclusion or make that judgment. And cause I can't, I don't know, maybe she's, maybe she's sick. Maybe she has something wrong with her. Maybe, you know, she's, you know, injured or whatever. Come to find out she gets to the curb and I can actually see her and she's got a, 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 a cast or a boot mm-hmm. on her leg. And I couldn't see that from where my perspective, my point of view in that particular moment where that thought crossed my mind. And I think, um, by the time she got to the thing, I said, Oh, thank God I didn't jump to that conclusion because there are so, everybody has something going on. Yeah. And I think if we could just talk about it more openly, we'd be a little bit more compassionate to the person across from us or next to us or, you know, driving in the lane next to us on the freeway. Absolutely. (laughs) In this LA 405 traffic (laughs) that we're so quick to like beep and, you know, get angry, but you don't know what's going on in that other person. So Mm -hmm. yeah. And same goes for, for entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs. Yep. You really don't know what's happening behind closed doors. And I think a lot of women try to like button it up and only let people see what is, Mm -hmm. I don't, like you said, perfect, but what it's filtered. It's only, they only let a certain amount out or let people see what they want to see. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, yeah. Everybody's got their struggle. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for coming all the way down from Culver City to Long Beach. Yeah, for sure. A drive. I um I want to do a lightning round with you, okay. which is always fun. Yeah. Um, okay. What are some books you're reading or list podcasts? Oh goodness. Okay. So listening to this right year, it's been my effort has been like pick up a book, read a book. I haven't been an avid book reader in the past. I've been trying to find a way to like like do this personal care and, um, doing, you know, personal fulfillment, knowledge fulfillment in my own time. So it's been really hard. I'm a little bit behind on podcasts and books, but I did find a way, um, I picked up girl stop. Don't, what is it? Girl Girl stop Stop apologizing. apologizing, Rachel Hollis. Hollis. Um, thanks to you actually, who, um, introduced me to her podcast. And I listened to that a couple times and you know what? I put those earbuds in getting a manicure or I put, you know, I just changed it up again. It's about priorities. I, instead of me listening to the radio on the way here, I'm listening to a book on tape or a podcast or something that's more, um, self-improvement and fulfilling in that way. Um, so that's one of them. 
I'm I've made it I've I've what did uh what did my app say that I've exceeded like five percent of my like daily goal for reading and I'm like oh my gosh (laughs) the measures aren't high because I clearly haven't read or (laughs) um and there's another podcast that actually came through and I haven't picked it up in a while but I'd highly recommend it for entrepreneurs is um I think it's oh gosh it's definitely on KCRW or NPR um, I don't know that they do it anymore when the most recent one was, but um, Guy Ra- is it Guy, Guy Raz. Raz? How I um, built this? How I built this, and I find those stories so interesting. Yes, um, and I find myself thinking, you know, that a, a similar like I'm walking a similar path to a lot of these people. So same. At least there's a, a mirroring effect of identifying with um, and hearing the stories. I feel I I learn stuff that I didn't know, mm-hmm. but also there's things where I go, oh my gosh, that's that's, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Like, okay. Like, I'm not that far. <laughs> I'm not that far off, off. of what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, amazing. And um, do you drink coffee? I drink coffee and tea. And tea. So My it's girl. a little bit of both. But I will say I've had to switch up this year. I've been trying more tea because I feel like it, I don't get the jitters the same way. Same. So yeah. I'm trying to do less coffee and a little bit more herbal care <laughs> I love it yeah I drink coffee I I have an Australian on staff and it's it's a cup an avo avo cuppa that's what they call what? it in Australia down under an avo cuppa yeah an okay. afternoon cup of tea okay so it's tea 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 yep. here for me but she drinks coffee but too, I do but. need the energy but I find Same. that I find that you know I have two kids if I get my sleep even then some days I'm lacking I need a jump start but um, I've, I've tried to cut it out as much, and I feel actually cleaner energy, a sense of, like, renewed energy by not having as much. Um, because if I drink too much, I actually become – it doesn't really do anything. It's not like the caffeine does anything except produce nasty side effects and some withdrawal headaches that I don't really need – I don't need to have. But you know what? For those headaches, I've been putting peppermint oil, like, on, like, a peppermint halo. I just take a little dab, and it, it's a natural way to get rid of the headache. So if I'm feeling a withdrawal from caffeine, I just do that and I get a little boost of energy that way. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Where can we learn more about your incredible company? Um, you can go to www. No, I'm just going to borrowedblue.com. It's borrowed blue with no E on the end of blue. Mm-hmm. And um, we recently started a blog. Again, it's, you know, there is a day one. It's not perfect. It's not like we've been regularly rolling it out every week on a certain day um, but we're trying to share more about our journey and more about what makes us tick um, via our blog so you can check out our website and go to our um, there's a blog page on the bottom or you can check us out via Instagram and then my personal Instagram is Cassandra.Stearns so um, I've been trying to kind of bridge the gap between the business persona and what's really going on going on yeah that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for Thank coming. You. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you're so fun. It's always a pleasure. We get off on these tangents and I don't know. Yeah, that's why we, we have to my... do this more than once every three to six months. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's always, it's always awesome. Yeah. So thanks for being Thank here. Thank you. This podcast is edited and published by the Primary Pedal Studios, written and hosted by Carly Ray Williams. Show notes are located at our website, carlyrayweddings.com forward slash bossy class. If you like what you heard today, subscribe, rate, and review us. Sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content and bonus episodes. Thanks for joining us as we scale the mountain of success. This is Bossy Class.